radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on sportstalksc.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. We are not underwater yet. Man, is it raining out there, South Carolina Clemson. Practically every other outside event scheduled around the state today uh, rained out. No word yet on when they'll make up this South Carolina Clemson game scheduled for Founders Park tonight. They are scheduled to play tomorrow, Segra Park, 4 o'clock in Columbia, and then Sunday up at Clemson. So, unfortunately, can't get the series started tonight, but uh, I think this is the best of uh, all of the circumstances, the fact that they will get a game in Columbia tomorrow, weather permitting, then go up to Clemson, then find a workable solution for the uh, game that has been postponed, uh, and, and they will let us know on that sometime in the future. So no baseball tonight there. Uh, this will, of course, affect pitching plans. Now, will they change up? Will the managers, will the coaches change up any of their pitching plans that they had laid out for the series? Uh, time will tell on that. Also, of course, uh, basketball. Uh, big games tomorrow, South Carolina at home against Florida. Huge game. Not sold out yet. The women have sold out their game against Tennessee on Sunday, their last home game, their last regular season game. The men, I think tickets are still available. It is spring break as of today in Columbia. Still, there should be no excuse for not selling out that game tomorrow. It's a huge game. First of all, two really good teams playing really good basketball. And then, of course, everything involved with the seedings for the SEC tournament, trying to grab one of those top four spots for the double bye, which has become very important, of course, to success in the conference tournament. Big game, big game. I would think they would sell that thing out, but they have not as of yet. Clemson goes on the road to play Notre Dame. Tigers in a position to grab another win. Notre Dame's not having a very good year. We'll talk more about uh, those games in a little bit. Chris Bergen in action tonight with Coastal Carolina on the call there as they wrap up their regular season against the second-best team in the Sun Belt, James Madison. James Madison's got 27 wins, but they have two losses to Appalachian. So Appalachian right now is the number one team in the Sun Belt. And we have got high school championship games today and tomorrow at the Florence Center. Let's welcome in Matt Smith, who is there in Florence. Been watching the action this afternoon. We've crowned a couple of champions. Smitty, how are you, my friend? I am doing well. And, yeah, really good atmosphere right now for a girls' championship between Sumter and Rock Hill. So I had to. I had to scurry off and get somewhere a little quiet to tell you about what's taking place today. Uh, in early action, Andrew Jackson picked up its first state championship in 40 years by knocking off Landrum in the 2A girls state championship, 78-60. to 60. So pretty thorough win there from Andrew Jackson. And I just witnessed a, uh, a pretty emotional game between Gray Collegiate and Oceanside Collegiate, as you can imagine, and, uh, you know, two sister schools going at it uh, Oceanside Collegiate jumped out to the big early lead and uh, then Gray Collegiate settled itself and really the game 
I mean, it, it, it's one of those basketball games at 44 to 40. Greg Collegiate's a winner, giving Dion Buffet his sixth state championship. Uh, it, it was all about intensity. You just saw intensity, physicality throughout the game. You expect that in a state championship, but it was just one of those games. I don't know that anybody on the floor shot better than 50%. Uh, Braylon Thomas led all scorers with 16 points, and with the game 42 to 40, uh, great, uh, Oceanside Collegiate had to foul. Uh, they were down a couple of points, down 42-40, and they fouled Braylon Thomas. He's calmly knocked down two free throws. He was six for six from the foul line for the game, and uh, certainly the player of the game, the best player on the floor, the most important player on the floor, and the biggest reason that Gray Collegiate wins its sixth state championship. And after the game, you and others talked with Dion Bethay. Of course, Gray Collegiate is moving up to 4A next year in the new classification. He was asked about his future. What did he say? Yeah, I think it was, was your old friend, Lou Bazejack, that asked uh, Coach Buffet, you know, now with the new ruling, what's, what's next? We've seen how you've dominated in 2A. What happens at 4A? And I, I went back and listened just now because I know I wanted to make sure I had this right. Dion Buffet opened with no comment, but then he did comment. He said, I'm going to get with my wife, get with my girls, get with my agent, get with my inner circle, and we're going to talk about what the future holds. Me, there's other challenges out there, but also for great collegiate. So that he certainly, in, in my mind, standing there listening, just was noncommittal about returning next season. He may have his eyes on, on new opportunities. And I just thought it was very interesting. He said no comment, but then he, he did decide to comment. He said quite a bit in his, uh, in his noncommittal response. Yeah. Said a lot by saying nothing. Right. All right. You got more games coming up tonight. Set the table for us. Yeah, Burns and Lexington, and of course, you know, it, 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 some would say it's a bit of a. It's been a bit of a disadvantage. Burns had to come down here play a semifinal matchup against Malden in what would have been their, you know, what would have been a game hosted in their backyard. But they're here now, and uh, and I know Lexington has been a darling all season long, getting a lot of coverage. So, I mean, two, two, two teams, very athletic. I expect to see a great atmosphere. I don't know how many Burns fans were here for the semifinals, but just knowing the following they have, and, of course, Lexington basketball, big-time following. So I expect it's, it's almost full now for uh, the women's, uh, the girls' championship here between Rock Hill and Sumter. I think it's going to start filling up pretty soon. So I expect, uh, I expect the next time I talk to you about – uh, high school basketball, or maybe in our audio that we share at sportstalksc.com, I think it's going to be loud and rocking. Yeah, we'll get back with you in the next hour. Coming up tomorrow, we've got 1A girls at 10 o'clock, Denmark Olar versus Lakeview. Then at noon, 1A boys, Christchurch Bethune Bowman. At 2 o'clock, 3A girls, Wren Camden. 4 o'clock, 3A boys, Powdersville Darlington. And at 6 o'clock, 4A girls, Riverside AC Flora at 8 o'clock for a boys Riverside and Ridgeview. Smitty, thanks. Catch back up with you in a little bit. Will do. And congratulations to the state champions and to all the teams who made it to the state finals. That's exciting. Obviously, you want to win, but getting there is exciting in itself, and we congratulate everybody who has gotten there. Now, today, here in Columbia, Shane Beamer introduced his new wide receivers coach 
and he comes from Limestone, Mike Furry. We've talked a lot about him this week, and Mike Furry's an excellent hire. We talked about the fact that this was a home run hire for Beamer, and he certainly feels like it's a home run hire. We're going to hear from Beamer here in just a minute, and then we'll hear from Furry. But Mike Furry brings a lot to this position. He brings, of course, a ton of experience. He brings believability. You know, when you're coached by a guy who was a college All-American and a guy who was an eight-year NFL vet and in one season had 98 catches, and you also read about and listen to his story about how he was a walk-on at Ohio State and then he transferred to Northern Iowa, and then he was a free agent signee in the NFL, and then he went to coach at a little place called Kentucky Christian, And then, after a stop at Marshall, he went to coach at a little place called Limestone College at the time, now Limestone University. And he's been successful in every step of the way along his football track. Pretty impressive. So, good hire from Shane Beamer, and you'll hear what Shane Beamer had to say. Now, I know maybe for some of you, you're aware of what went on on Twitter this afternoon with Shane Beamer and me. Actually, Shane Beamer at me. I did not do anything on Twitter related to Shane Beamer. But long story short, in the process of reporting on Shane Beamer's press conference today and tweeting out his comments, and I was not quoting him. I was was paraphrasing what he was saying. Every once in a while, I'll throw a quote in there when I'm covering somebody on Twitter. But by and large, it's too fast for me to take down the quotes, and I just paraphrase. So... Coach Beamer made the following comment in talking about his wide receivers. He said, now this is a quote. This is exactly what he said. Quote, had been a little disappointed, and again, it starts with me as the head coach, have been a little disappointed with the freshmen that we've brought into our program that we've recruited and their development. Obviously, Nick Harbour played a lot for us last season, but beyond Nick, There really hasn't been one in the last three seasons, and that can't continue. We've got to be able to recruit our guys and develop them when they get here. That is is what he had to say in talking about what's been going on with his receivers. And to kind of support that point, in his first two seasons, they signed five high school wide receivers. All five of them transferred out of the program. The guys they signed – In last year's class, the freshman receivers who came in and were on the team this past season, they are all still there, the high school players. Not talking about the transfers, talking about the high school players. So that is what I tweeted out um, during during the press conference itself. Now, Coach Beamer uh, took exception to, uh, to what I tweeted or how I worded it. And he took to tw- uh, to Twitter or to X. He didn't contact me directly. He took it to uh, to X directly, and he wrote at me. He said, "Quote Phil, if you're going to try and insinuate something, at least quote me accurately." I said I was disappointed in how quickly our freshman wide receivers have quote developed and quote gotten on the field end quote. That's coaching, and it starts with me. Same thing I told our wide receivers in person when I met with them. Uh, He continued, 
with uh, another tweet along the same subject line. And in that tweet, he said, I've got to find it here again because it's sort of been lost in all the commentary back and forth. He said, uh, here we go. Uh, continuing, quote, not one media member in the room thought I was taking a shot at our wide receivers. I appreciate those media members and their professionalism. This, though, dot, 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 it gets tiresome from you. End of the quote. So that is what Shane Beamer wrote on Twitter directed at me. Now, look, I never had any plans on being in any part of a story today about anything like this, okay? You never, as a reporter want to be a part of the story you know obviously that is was not my intention so after seeing what he wrote and he never contacted me directly for whatever reason he decided to take it to to x to social media and and put it out there instead of contacting me directly and you know typically you got a problem with somebody you talk to them privately or you direct message them and and you work it out you figure it out but for whatever reason uh coach beamer uh took it to uh to social media which, of course, um, you know, put me out there to be uh, hammered by uh, Gamecock fans. I mean, this is a way of, of, of kind of rallying your base behind you and, and getting them to get after the messenger. And I get that. I understand how that, how that happens and how that plays out. And believe me, I've gotten plenty of negative feedback from people about this. And, and that's fine. You know, you can do whatever you want to on Twitter. It's a free social media uh, social media tool and you can do and say whatever you want because that's what you can do but I don't respond to people on on Twitter or X or anything like that because you have no way of uh, of reaching an agreement or even uh, you know ha- having your side uh, clearly heard so but what I did do after seeing what he wrote and then going back and re-listing to everything as well uh, I felt like he had a point about me leaving out the word uh, development in what I had written. I did not include that word when he talked about being disappointed in his receivers uh, and their development. Now, if you go back to the actual wording, exactly what he said as he said it, he said, it starts with me as the head coach, have been a little disappointed with the freshmen that we brought into our program that we recruited, comma, and their development. So as I'm tweeting, I'm hearing that, and I'm hearing disappointed in the freshman. And he also said, and I heard him say, that we've recruited and their development. But I guess in my effort to get a, uh, a post uh, written and a post uh, posted, I, I did not include that in my post. So I wrote back on Twitter that um, I made a mistake in terms of clarity, in terms of getting the full story out there. Made a mistake, and um, obviously you feel bad about any time you make a mistake. So made a mistake. Um, should have had the word development in there along with what I what he said, what I wrote about the freshman receivers. But then again, when I'm thinking about it, as well, I'm thinking, really, d- does it make um, that big of a difference in the message? The message was disappointment in the play of his freshman receivers. Now, you can throw the word development in there, 
and you can say that's on me as a coach because you're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings in your receiver's room. I mean, coaches today, some of them have become so cognizant of the fact of hurting players' feelings because they'll hit the transfer portal, John. You can't say anything publicly. You can, you can criticize them, but then you've got to blame yourself. You can say, yeah, we're not really good in that position, but that's my fault. When you're really saying it's their fault, but you don't want them to hear you say it's their fault, you want them to hear you say it's my fault that you're not any good. Uh, it's my fault that we, you know, you weren't good enough to play here, but we didn't develop you, and that's my fault, or whatever the case may be. So I, um, I did put out a, uh, 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 an, uh, 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 I'm not going to say an apology. I wasn't apologizing. I was going to say that I, I took responsibility for not having that word in there. What I will not accept is his two inferences, one, that, this was premeditated that I had an agenda here for leaving that out, which of course his, his fan base has jumped all over that. I mean, what in the world you think I'm sitting up here on a Friday afternoon or Friday morning, I go into this press session with the idea of, okay, what can Beamer say that I can burn them on today? I mean, really, is that your big worry? If you're that worried about someone like me or somebody in the media, that you're that consumed with that, you got bigger, you got bigger issues to deal with. I'm not sitting in the media room looking for uh, something to write and something to twist to make you look bad or to make the program look bad. Okay, if you want to say I made a mistake, I made a mistake. Okay. Now the other thing is to question my professionalism, and that is something I did not appreciate at all, because X Twitter is not a place to. To, to call out somebody's professionalism, again, if you've got any coach, if you've got a problem with somebody in the media and you don't think they are doing their job properly as it comes to covering you or your program, there are ways to reach that person. It's very easy. But to just blatantly throw something out on Twitter and question somebody's professionalism because they made a, a simple error, though I still don't think I made that big of an error, but I'll I'll take the L on that part of it. That is not professional from where you sit as a head football coach, whether it's Beamer or Sweeney or anybody else in this profession. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I Some of these coaches, I mean, I know you're, you're powerful people and you got people who want to lick your feet and rub your shoulders, but you're not getting that here. You might get it from other media around you. Maybe that's part of the problem. That's kind of what some coaches expect now from the media. They expect their media to carry their water. And when they find people that don't, they don't like them because they don't tell their story the way they want it told. Honest mistake, owned up to it, no hidden agenda, and um, no reason to take it onto, onto social media when all you got to do is send me a text message. You got my number. And, uh, you know, it's not the first time that uh, – we've had this sort of a, an issue to work through. So I wanted to straighten that out from my side of it. I know it falls on deaf ears to those on uh, social media who uh, take something and, and use it however they want to use it, and they don't want to hear the, the facts of the story. But those are, those are the facts. But the bottom line is the bigger issue is the wide receivers, as he pointed out, a disappointment from a development standpoint, if you want to throw that in there, and the fact that the five 
high school wide receivers that they signed in their first two classes all transferred. And so I think also what he was saying was pointing out, I think, under maybe the, the veil of the way he worded it, is taking a shot at Justin Step there, the way I see it. Of course, he also had something to say about James Coley leaving in a, a roundabout way as well. He wasn't real happy about the way that went down. Uh, you'll hear his comments coming up in just a few minutes. You can, you can draw your own conclusion. Um, and it's all up on our website at sportstalksc.com. And I tweeted out this particular segment. That's, out, that's available on our podcast at SoundCloud or any of our podcast areas. Um, I pulled out that section of the comments to stand alone. So you can go hear it yourself and you can draw your own conclusion. I mean, you may, you, you may believe that I was sitting up there with some way of trying to ruin the Gamecocks day-to-day by leaving out the word development, all right? But uh, believe you me, I, I got bigger things to do right now than to worry about something like that. That's just silly. It's just silly. And personally, I don't think there was any reason from a head coaching standpoint at a major university in the SEC to single out somebody over that. And other personally, I don't think you've earned the right to do that with anybody in the media. Nick Saban, he calls out a guy in the media, you know, he's got he's he's got something in the bank when it comes to that. National championship winning coaches, big winning coaches, absolutely. Um if somebody is truly covering your program and writing nothing but falsehoods and distortions about your program or saying things in the media, in podcasts, on the radio, on television that are totally um, totally off the mark, absolutely. Um, didn't think this rose to the level of that, uh, to be quite honest with you. So we'll have that coming up for you uh, here after the break. Uh, Beamer. And then, unfortunately, you know, from my standpoint, and I guess, you know, for those who got caught up in it, kind of takes away from today's press conference with Coach Furry. I mean, that's where the shine should have been, right there on him. It was his day to be introduced as the new receivers coach at South Carolina. And, uh, you know, at least for me, get distracted with with all this other stuff. So um, I'll let you hear from from both of those folks coming up here after the break. We've got uh, other uh, news notes to share. we got some recruiting for you also. Uh, and if we can, we'll try to take some phone calls, 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number for you right here on Sports Talk. We've got uh, Jeff Owens coming up, 705. Talk about NASCAR this weekend as they go to Las Vegas and the great race in Atlanta last weekend. And then George Bryan III joining us at 735. Another edition of Birdies, Bogies, and Biceps around the uh, state of South Carolina. So going to be a great show moving forward be a great weekend for sports with the baseball series hopefully getting underway tomorrow and going on sunday and of course the basketball games and last night of course the usc women they won big once again out at arkansas they just continue to um run through everybody and they'll try to complete a second straight unbeaten regular season to uh, sunday at noon when they take on tennessee in columbia how impressive is that what they have been able to do here going back now five six years their their winning streaks are just just off the charts uh, at this point 
So we got all that and more to uh, keep an eye on, and Smitty will rejoin us from Florence in a little bit to update us, <clears throat> update us as well on what is happening there with the, uh, with the championships as they play out this weekend. Uh, Jeff Goodman uh, wrote this today about the Coastal Carolina opening. He said, keep an eye on Miami assistant coach Cody Kimball, who's a Coastal graduate from 2007, and he threw out the name B.J. Mackey, the former Gamecock at Wake Forest. He said that's another name that is in the mix. So, B.J. Mackey. Be awesome to see B.J. get that job. I'm sure he'd love to have it. Um, he's paid his dues as an assistant coach. He could certainly recruit the state of South Carolina. We'll be back after the break. I got some breaking uh, recruiting news. Clemson loses a commitment. Jalen Beckley. Offensive guard out of Addison, Texas, 65305, just about three minutes ago, announced a decommitment from the Tigers. Said he he needed more time to make this decision where he'll spend the next three to five years. And he said he has nothing but love for Tigertown, and he's opening his recruiting up again. So there you go. Clemson loses a commitment off of their 2025 class, Jalen Beckley, offensive guard out of Addison, Texas. Okay, Shane Beamer coming up in just a couple of minutes. Take a couple of phone calls here. Our phone number, 888-898-2525. We go to uh, Gamecock Larry. Of course we do, over in Swansea. Gamecock Larry, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing just fine. You're right, Mr. Phil. I ain't going to kiss nobody's foot or rub their shoulders. They don't like what I say. They can take it or leave. There you go, Gamecock. There you go. Yes, sir. I back you 100%. And like I say, if you don't like it, you got to take it anyway. But uh, I got, I don't forgot the question I wanted to ask. I had a question I needed to ask. I had a that messed up, let my mouth up a little more. I don't know. But, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to have to back off on that bet because you can't sweep until it looks like about the middle of the season. But the bet's going to stay open. But we're going to have a sweeping week- weekend of what we got left. Well, I'll call you Monday afternoon after we won about 12 or 13, 14 games. But I want to let all you know I love you, and go Gamecocks. I'll see you later. Larry, you have a great weekend. Thank you. Look forward to having uh, your your comments back with us next week, and we'll see if you're right about your Gamecocks uh, winning all those uh, events over the weekend, whatever we have the ability to get played uh, this weekend with the weather. Man, it was raining really, really hard out there on my way into the studio. Uh, I hope Segra Park can handle all the water and, and drain quickly. Could be some more rain tomorrow, but it's supposed to start tapering off and get better as uh, we go on through the weekend. All right, Shane Beamer, today, this morning, at uh, USC, introduced his new receivers coach, familiar name in South Carolina, from Limestone University, the head coach there, Mike Furry, now the wide receivers coach 
at South Carolina. Here is some of what Shane Beamer had to say getting into, first of all, actually began by talking about his team. They're going on spring break. Talked about the end of uh, winter workouts, and then he got into his comments about uh, Mike Furry, his receiver situation, and all that. Here's Shane Beamer. Really pleased with the pro- progress our guys have made in the months of January and February in the weight room, like this group, like the leadership on this team and the way they're going about their business. We've we've gotten better. We've gotten stronger. We've gotten faster. We've gotten more athletic with the freshmen that we've brought in, the transfers that we brought in, but then the entire team with what they've done in the weight room with Coach Day and his staff uh, going back to when we started workouts uh, in January. They've done a great job, and credit to Luke Day and his staff, and then credit to our players with the way that they've uh, worked also. So like where we are, and then getting ready to jump into spring practice here in a couple weeks as well. I know we'll talk more about that as we get going with that. I uh, didn't think we'd be here again introducing a wide receivers coach, but uh, it is what it is. The previous receivers coach made a decision that he felt was best for his family. Uh, we collected the $450,000, then some, that we were owed uh, for uh, violating or leaving his contract, and then it allowed us to go out and hire an even better wide receivers coach in my mind and, and that's not a knock on anybody but that's what I feel about this guy right here that that uh the first time around didn't talk to him just because I knew kind of what I wanted to do with the position with some of the staff shuffling that I did after the season and um uh, that's what I did previously but now that we had an actual search for a wide receivers coach um that was a it was a great opportunity to bring someone in to make us better and again, some of my uh, the things that I want, and I think I may have mentioned this in the previous press conference, but just looking at our wide receiver group as a whole, want, wanted to get someone in here that can develop our guys a little bit better than what we have. And the fact of the matter is, if you look at who we were playing receiver with last season, it's guys that we inherited um, that uh, that were here when I got here as the head coach for the most part, uh, or transfers that we had brought in, had been a little disappointed. And again, it starts with me as the head coach, had been a little disappointed with the freshmen that we've brought into our program that we recruited and their development. You know, obviously Nick Harbor played a lot for us last season, but beyond Nick, there really hasn't been one in the last three seasons. And uh, that can't continue. We've got to be able to recruit our guys and then develop them when they get here. And uh, confident that Mike Furry will do that for us. And then we've got to be more consistent as a receiver group. Uh, too many drops last season in critical situations. And, again, that starts with me as the head coach. And it's, but we just need to be more consistent and, um, and be a little bit better there from a development standpoint and recruiting standpoint. That's what I was looking for. And I feel like we've hit a home run with who we've brought in uh, with him. Um, someone he's got an unbelievable story if you go back to his career from college walk-on to NFL starter and not just an NFL starter on the offensive side of the ball but an NFL starter on the defensive side of the ball Um, and then ends up going to Detroit and leads the NFC in receptions as a wide receiver also in his NFL career. Got done playing. A lot of guys, when they get done with their playing career, they just want to go coach at the highest level. Easy for a guy to say, I've been a very accomplished NFL uh, professional football tenure vet. 
I need to be hired at the top of the top in college football. And he left and took a job as the head coach at Kentucky Christian. Uh, and no disrespect to Kentucky Christian, but it's a little bit of an unorthodox move. But went there and made that program better. Went to Marshall, coached wide receivers. Went to Limestone as a head coach. Went to the Chicago Bears as a receivers coach. Came back to Limestone as a head coach. And everywhere that he's been, he's made that place better. And he's made those wide receivers better. And confident that he'll do that here for us um, as well, as I always do in, in situations like this. Talk to a lot of people, whether it be people that he coached with, uh, in the NFL, people he coached with in college, players that he coached in the NFL, players that he coached against in the NFL that were on teams that he coached receivers with Chicago but played defensive back um, that I had relationships with. And, and everything was, was super positive. Um, excited about Mike Furry and his family being here and, and jumping into the community here in Columbia as well. He, uh, was, uh, that hire was approved by our board yesterday morning and he had a meeting with his team yesterday and he was here in the building and already at work with our players on the field within five minutes of being in Columbia um, showed up here we didn't we didn't even let the guy change clothes he walked in the building immediately went to a special teams meeting and then we walked out on the field and um, we just had a little workout going on with our players and he and I were standing on the sidelines talking just kind of pointing out who different guys are I walked over to the defensive field, told him to just kind of make himself at home and, and get acclimated and walk back about 10 minutes later, and he's already out there in, in street clothes out on the field working with our receivers. So I feel confident in saying that he's been here less – he's been here 24 hours and he's made our group better already. Uh, Going to be a great recruiter for us, great addition to our program, and couldn't be more excited about Mike Furry being our new wide receivers coach and his family being here also. Shane, obviously this isn't – limited just to you guys this has happened at other places with coaches leaving sometimes you have three coaches in a span of two months unfortunately what has been the vibes I know you talked about Mazio Bennett and some of the wide receivers but what's been the message to those guys to get through this period of time and just being able to continue to stay focused and any maybe receivers I know it's a dead period but from a recruiting standpoint if any you know were to start to reach out over the next couple of weeks yeah um no, great question, Mike. Uh, certainly it's not ideal, but again, you know, like I told the team yesterday, if somebody decides that this isn't the place they want to be, then great, you know, wish them well and, and let them move on. And that's what we did with the, you know, um, with James was he felt like he had a better situation for him and his family uh, in Athens. Um, had a daughter in high school who was more familiar with Athens, Georgia than she was Columbia, South Carolina, and was easier to move back from College Station and, and whatnot as well. So wish them well. And then, like I told our players, it's my job to now go try and find someone that is even better than the one that just left. No different than if someone at a college leaves to transfer somewhere else. You get the opportunity to hopefully replace them with a better player and fit in the locker room. And, and that's my job is not to sit around and worry about somebody that doesn't want to be here. Let's figure out who does want to be here. That was my message to um, – the receivers that I met with because we had a week where we didn't have a receivers coach and or quite almost a week um, and just reaching out to those guys on FaceTime text phone call uh, their parents last week just to assure them that you know nothing's changed everything's good that uh, their offer is still good that I'm going to hire a, a fantastic receivers coach for them and can't wait for you to get to know them that's what I told recruits same thing that I told our current players current receivers same thing you know that uh, it's my job as the head coach to get people here that can make you better and want to pour into you as human beings and make you a better player. And uh, that's what I'm going to do right now. And 
And um, I think those guys are excited about it. And, and I mean it, Mike. Like, it's, it's – I want people that, that want to be here. And if guys get opportunities to advance their career by going to be a head coach like Pete and Jody did, great. If a guy gets an opportunity that he thinks is better for his, his family – um, in this instance, I don't have to like it, don't have to agree with it. Um, was disappointing, but it's immediately who can I go hire now that wants to help us bring a championship to Columbia, South Carolina? Because when I was hired in December 2020, that was my goal is to bring a championship to Columbia, South Carolina, and absolutely nothing has changed. And I want to do that for our players. I want to do that for our coaches. I want to do that for – our amazing fans, uh, the greatest fans in America, because there's no reason why we can't. And if a guy doesn't want to be here and do that with us, then get the heck out of here and let me go bring somebody in here that wants to fight his butt off and compete his butt off and go bring a championship to Columbia, South Carolina, because uh, we can and we are. And uh, that's my job, and that's what I'm working hard to do each and every day, and, and that's the goal with every single hire that we have, and that's my message to our players and recruits when we do have an opening uh, these are the kind of guys that I want to bring in, guys that can help us do that, guys that want to do that, and guys that want to be here and not just win a championship, but want to win a championship here at South Carolina. Okay, Shane Beamer, that's part of what he had to say. Everything's up on our website, sportstalksc.com. You can also find it where we host our podcast stuff, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. All the other podcast locations, you can find it there for the most part. After the break, we'll be back. We'll give you the recruiting reports. Maybe drop in another phone call or two. Sports Talk, Friday night edition. Sports Talk Media Network. Calling all turkey hunters. This is Major Billy Daniel of the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources. Turkey season is coming soon. The most common accident while turkey hunting is failing to identify your target. Know the identifying features of a turkey. Make sure of your target and what lies beyond it before you pull the trigger. Remember, safe hunting is no accident. For more information on hunter education, visit dnr.sc.gov. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Last throw, big guy. Come on, baby. I need me a giant bear. I got this. I am the target. Then throw. Oh, wow. Look who won a giant bear. That's a grizzly. Oh, mama's baby bear. When you join the South Carolina Education Lottery's Players Club, you get way more than you expect. More chances, more wins, and more surprises. Yeah, he's had all his shots. Just don't look him in the eye. Join the Players Club at seeducationlottery.com because more happens here. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. 
The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. All right, the recruiting report on a Friday night brought to you by Seawells. Hope you got by Seawells today for another edition of the Daily Luncheon Buffet. Today was a roast beef Friday. I know it was delicious just from experience. Make plans to get there next week, Monday through Friday from 11 to 2. Enjoy the best buffet in the state of South Carolina. For the very best in the catering business, call Seawells for all your catering needs. 803-771-7385, the direct line, and online at sewellscateringsc.com. Again, offensive guard Jalen Beckley of Addison, Texas, announced a decommitment from Clemson earlier this evening. He committed to the Tigers on January 28th after coming in for an unofficial visit for the junior day on January 27th, 6-4-290. At the time of his commitment, he had other offers from Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Kansas, LSU, Texas A&M, Duke, Florida State, Georgia, Tennessee, and LSU. So he comes off the Clemson board. Now, for now, um, I don't know if he is ruling out Clemson in the future. He does say nice things about Clemson in his posts announcing his decommitments. He said, the final decision was mine alone, and I do not take it lightly. I have nothing but love for Tiger Town. Thank you for all that continue to support me on this journey. I'm extremely blessed to have some incredible opportunities ahead. My recruitment is officially reopened. And so, this will continue. We'll see if South Carolina, I'm sorry, we'll see if Clemson uh, continues to hang in there with him or if they move on to uh, to something else, somebody else at that position. Other recruiting news. South Carolina's got some momentum with a top linebacker prospect nationally. Tavion Wallace, 6'1", 218, out of Jessup, Georgia. Shane Beamer and linebackers coach Clayton White. They still have work to do with this recruiting situation, but they're in the mix to the point Wallace plans at least two more visits with South Carolina before rendering a decision Wallace said that the relationship has grown a lot with the Gamecocks. He said when they first started to recruit him, they weren't all that high on him. And so he didn't really feel that it was real. But he said now they're recruiting him pretty big. And his uh, former teammate, Matt Fuller, is at South Carolina running back. He signed with South Carolina for this incoming class. Wallace visited the Gamecocks twice last year, spring practice, and for the cookout in July. And... He likes all the coaches that are recruiting him, and he likes how they see him because of his versatility. They see him as a guy who can play all over the field. According to Max Preps, 10 games reported last season, Wallace had 58 tackles, 10 quarterback hurries, four tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, and three pass deflections. In January, he made visits to Florida, Florida State, and Georgia. Last season, he went to all of Kentucky's games, to watch his brother 
Trevin, who was a linebacker for the Wildcats and is at the NFL Combine this week. Of course, the Wildcats are also a factor. He said they, they're strong with him because they've been recruiting him for a, a long, long time, not just because his brother was there. So coming up, he will visit LSU on March the 9th, USC on the 23rd. He plans to visit Florida State April the 12th. He has official visits to Georgia June 7th and USC June 21st. Right now, not sure when he's going to make his decision. He would say at this point, uh, Florida State, Florida, Georgia, Auburn, South Carolina are kind of the top schools with him. He's also got offers from Tennessee, Missouri, Georgia Tech, Arkansas, Louisville, UCF, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Memphis, FAU, and Mississippi State. USC is in the top 10 with safety Jadon Blair of Winston-Salem. He announced today his 10, South Carolina, Maryland, Penn State, Miami, Notre Dame, Michigan, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Louisville, and Wake Forest. Sumter defensive end Anthony Addison has set an official visit to Duke for June 7th. He's also got one with South Carolina for June 21st. He also picked up an offer from Georgia Tech. Clemson and USC target offensive tackle David Sanders of Charlotte plans to publicly identify his top six tomorrow at 2 o'clock. He has offers from everybody. He visited Clemson and USC last spring and for games last fall. Gaffney offensive tackle Shed Surratt, Lancaster offensive tackle Kevin P. They were offered by Western Kentucky. Basketball, USC's in the top 12 with 6'8", E.J. Walker of Erlanger, Kentucky. The others are Dayton, Iowa, West Virginia, Louisville, Wisconsin, Illinois, Purdue, Minnesota, Xavier, Cal, and Ohio State. And the USC women offered 2025 six-foot Divine Barrage of Davenport, Iowa. And there you go with the recruiting report tonight, always available on our website, sportstalksc.com, and on X, use the hashtag STRecruiting. Okay, let's go to uh, Sam. Down in Charleston, Sam, the big Cougar fan. Congratulations to the Cougs. Sam, it's your city. You won the CAA regular season championship. It's your city. It's your conference. It's your world. Well, actually, I'm ready to a, a press conference. It's not coming soon. So, um, actually, I, I saw some good Bob. I saw some great Bob. I'm sorry. I saw some great defense yesterday uh, for the previous last night. Um, so I have a question about March Madness real quick if it comes around. Yeah. Hey, by the way, by the way, Sam, did you know that I was the person who came up with the name March Madness? Sure you did. No, I did. I sure. did. I, I came up with the name March Madness. I like it. Thank you. Final hey, Four. Uh, I came up with Final Four, March Madness, Super Bowl, World Series and Wizard of Oz. <laughs> okay, well, first of all, this is not this is not Wizard of Oz day. Okay, come okay. on now. I'm sorry. So, um, Sam, were you at the game last night? Did you Did you go to the game last night? Yes, I did. Um, I spoke with Pat Kelsey um, last night before the game starts. One other thing I want to tell you this, and this is breaking news. Let me ask Are you a quick right question. Were you on the floor right after the game was over? Yes, that was me going nuts. Was that you that gave Coach Kelsey a hug? I almost cried my tears out. 
I got to tell you. I think um, I saw you on television. I think I saw you on some highlights that Scotty Iceberg yeah. had. Was that you giving the coach a hug? Yeah, well, actually, I was. I was. I got to tell you, I got. I got really emotional because um, I'm a, a really emotional guy. Um, I got to tell you, we have how many seniors are graduating from our team? You know, like two or three. But um, here's a quick question to ask you this week: three-part question. So this year is a really huge milestone for me, my team. Um, I've been I've been helping this team for six. I've been celebrating my 16-year anniversary to help this team grow. Number two, CAA conference champ. I gotta tell you, this team is this team is a very special team to me. Yeah, it yeah. seems that way. We're getting short on time. I just want you to answer one question for me. Sure. You ready? One question. Go ahead. Whose city is it, Sam? This is our city. This is our champions are here, baby. History, history made here. Let's go. There you go. Can't have March Madness without the Cougars, can you, Sam? Hey, how about them? And you can use that name, Sam. You can... I allow you to use the name March Madness. You have my permission. Thank you very much. we got to run to the break here at the top of the hour. We'll hear from Coach Furry, uh, Jeff Owens, all that coming up in the next half hour. Smitty will check in as well back after the top of the hour break. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. We are back, hour number two of Sports Talk. Sports Talk Media Network in just a couple of moments. Comments from the new receivers coach at USC, Mike Furry. We'll bring that to you here momentarily. Got some comments on our stream. Those of you watching on our Facebook or our X stream or anywhere else you can get us. Uh, John writes, Shane Beamer was justified in criticizing you on Twitter. Then he says... The men's game is basically sold out. And then John says there are three seats. That's basically a sellout. There's three tickets left. Is that what he's saying? Hadn't heard that. Rod says always stirring the pot. John says, Phil, you basically misquoted Beamer. No, I didn't. I didn't quote him at all. I was paraphrasing. You can't misquote if you're not quoting. There was no quotations or anything like that. It's paraphrasing. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, mm-hmm. there's some questions for you, Josh, but you answered those. Phil trying to spin it. Thank you, John. Um, but Phil, John says, you've done this to Beamer multiple times. What? What have I done multiple times to Beamer? Ask him a question? Ask him a, ask him a direct question? Not done anything to Beamer? know where that comes from um let's see if anything else is in here um 
This is from Charger Ron. In my honest opinion, both in-state universities' head football coaches can be a little sensitive. <laughs> really? Uh, Rodney, Phil, I'm glad you asked the tough questions and not drink the – he left out the last word there. And then Rodney says he needs to grow up. Then Rod says, Phil, do you want to be here? <laughs> yes, I do. I very much want to be here. All right, thank you for the comments there. A couple of other things to mention that are important. And then we'll hear from the new coach, new receivers coach at South Carolina, but some other important things. Uh, Coastal Carolina's football schedule is set for the 2024 season. They will open at Jacksonville State August 31st, home to William and Mary, then a trip to Temple, then home to Virginia September 21, home to ODU, then at James Madison, then home to Louisiana, a trip to Troy, home to Appalachian State, travel to Marshall, home to Georgia Southern, and travel to Georgia State. So the home games, William and Mary, Virginia, Old Dominion, Louisiana, Appalachian, and Georgia Southern. That's a that's a good-looking home schedule there for Coastal Carolina. Uh, Nate Wiggins ran a 4-2-9 at the Combine today, and then he pulled up lame, said he injured his groin. He said it felt like it popped, he told a reporter. So 4-2-9, that was that's pretty awesome. Maybe the fastest, maybe the fastest time thus far. Uh, at the at the combine, according to a letter from NCAA President Charlie Baker sent to member schools, the NCAA is pausing and not opening new investigations involving third parties, collectives for NIL related activities as a response to the Tennessee Virginia lawsuit. Also, Tennessee is preparing for a future where athletes are paid salaries by schools rather than NIL collectives and power conferences break away. On Friday, UT took a step in that direction. There's a story out there on that, so you can, can look that up. And the TCU AD made some comments about NIL athlete compensation that uh, this writer, Mitt Winter, I'm sorry, he's an attorney, an NIL attorney, uh, said that he's hearing more and more, and that is donor fatigue is real. There is not an endless donor supply of money to pay for the athletes' NIL compensation, and schools would like to bring NIL fundraising funding in-house. Good luck continuing to try to fund all of that. As we've talked about before, there's no way you could keep it going uh, the way it is currently set up. Latest bracket from Lenardi, Clemson, a number five seed versus Richmond in Brooklyn. South Carolina, number six seed versus Gonzaga or Providence in Omaha, College of Charleston, a 14 seed versus Creighton in Pittsburgh. College football could have a two-minute warning if they approve these new uh, recommendations that have been um, proposed by the Rules Committee. Could have a new a two-minute warning added to, the, to a game. So that's coming to a college football game near you. You can rest assured about that. All right, Mike Furry today officially introduced as a new receivers coach at South Carolina. After being the head coach at Limestone, here's some of what he said this morning after being introduced by Shane Beamer. Coach Beamer, thank you for this process. I know I have, uh, you know, he's, he's right, right? He's right. Uh, just last summer, uh, I had a chance to bring my son Stone down here to a, uh, junior, to a uh, high school camp. 
And uh, it was my first time here. It was my first time to experience uh, everything here at South Carolina, facilities, the resources, uh, the coaching staff, and as you guys know in general, uh, Coach Beamer and Dow Loggins. And I've known Dow for a long time. Uh, we never really crossed paths in, re in regards to uh, being in the same room together and, and, and working together. But we've had a bunch of relationships uh, through, and friendships through people that, uh, we, that we are both close with uh, that have always spoke so highly about, uh, about him and, and uh, how he works. And what I've found, what I've realized over the last 48, day, 48 hours or so is that they're right. And, uh, but I, I will tell you this. Um, there was a moment last summer while I was here uh, speaking with Coach Beamer. And, you know, in this profession – I've learned, you know, one of the values and one of the ways to be successful as a coach, especially an assistant coach, is to surround yourself with the good people, right? People that have that are high character, they're passionate, uh, they're on a mission to success. And I think one of the things that I felt connected with the most was uh, Coach Beamer's passion to make an impact in the youth and the kids that he's around. And that's something that I have strived on in my coaching career to basically put at the forefront to build programs because I believe in that. And, uh, and I was highly, highly, uh, uh, I, I just, from that moment when I left, I just, I had so much respect for him and became a Gamecock fan uh, and was hoping that, you know, obviously he would be successful and, and followed his, you know, followed the Gamecocks a little bit more than normal. But uh, I can tell you now that I am completely honored to be the wide receiver coach at, uh, at the University of South Carolina, and I'm honored to be part of this staff. And I told the team yesterday when I first walked in, and I'll never forget this, and some Jordans and jeans and, and a polo and, and a vest, uh, and I got a chance to just talk to the guys in the special teams room that uh, I'm here to help. I'm here to assist. I'm here to develop. I'm here to push. And uh, I don't see why USC doesn't have the best wide receiver core in the country year in and year out. Uh, we recruit the best players in the country year in and year out, and uh, that should be our standard, and that will be our standard. And uh, that's something that we're going to have to get to work on because development is not, it's not easy. It's not a coach's choice. Development has to be a player's choice first. And uh, as we get to know these guys and <clears throat> their, their, my relationship with them and learn about their backgrounds, learn about where they're from, and learn about their stories, right, and get to know them, uh, we'll start developing these young men, and, and uh, but until then, uh, I'm proud to be here, and I'm proud to be the wide receiver coach here at South Carolina. What can yeah. fans, what can players expect a Mike Furry wide receiver room to look like? Well, I think it's uh, there's three things uh, that I've I've built myself, and I think there's it's what's called a method, and uh, I've carried this with me my whole entire life. And the first thing of that method, how to, to me, if you can create the method, that creates success, right? And I think the first thing that you, it's guaranteed is effort. Uh, I think when you go out there and you watch us run around, uh, it, it's not going to be shy of effort. It's not going to be shy of, of exhausting ourselves for a better purpose, and that's our team. And we'll practice like that. We'll, we'll play like that. We'll run routes like that. Uh, there will always be a purpose, uh, but it's going to be a maximum effort that's going to be behind that. And that's in everything that we do. Uh, again, going back to the question about development, you know, some of the greatest ones I've ever been around, they give max, max effort and walkthroughs, right? Now, I, I know the tone of things, and I know how you slow stuff down, and I know how you don't go crazy on things. But when you have maximum effort, when you give effort, that means it's important.
right? That you're telling somebody it's important to you. And so you're trying to make sure that you can maximize that. And so I talk, I'll, I'll talk to our guys all the time about giving 110%, right? More than the normal. Become rare, right? And then uh, goal-oriented, okay? Uh, and, and I call that level up. We'll talk about leveling up every day. I talk to our guys about just making sure that uh, we have goals that we want to reach. Goals for now, goals for the team, individual goals, and how do we get there? And to me, when you become goal-oriented, well, then that's going to make sure you're locked in on your goal, which to me now becomes your discipline. Your discipline in your route running, your discipline in your studies, your discipline in your academics, your discipline uh, anytime that we, whatever it is, anytime that we take the field. And, again, I think through all those things, what evolves then is a great teammate. And I think when you become a great teammate, then you become a great group. And when you become a great group, now you become pretty lethal. And, uh, and I think all those things hit really well. They're very self-explanatory. Uh, they're easy to manage every single day. But uh, I, I just don't think you live any different. And I think if you do live any different, then I think you're wasting what the good Lord's blessed you with. And if, you, if you're going to waste that, then I'm going to get after you. And, uh, and like Coach Beamer said, just like coaching, you know, if that's not for you and this isn't for you and if this is not how you want to live and this is not how you want to pursue uh, the best that you can become for your team, well, this might not be the best place, right? But that's how you got to find out. Rather than putting hope out on the field, you're going to put a product, and uh, that product's going to be daggone stinking good, and they're going to freaking run, you know, run around like a bunch of banshees and play ball. You coach at Kentucky Christian in Limestone with limited resources, limited revenues, and now you're stepping into this place. You're stepping into the SEC. Your thoughts on what is now at your fingertips to be able to use? And, and then secondly, I know at Limestone, I think you used to, like, work out with your players in the yeah. weight room and kind of show them that you can hang <laughs> with them. Will you do the You've same thing here in the people. weight room? Uh, first of all, um, going back to your first question, the, the, uh, the, the it, it's hard to explain uh, – about your relationships with kids, right? And and I think, uh, first of all, in regards to resources, I think that when you dig into a young man and you truly, truly, truly get that under that young man to understand that you care about his success, I think that's where the resources go away. And I think I truly believe that when you have that relationship with those young men, the only thing that matters is what's inside that four-inch line and what you need to do to prepare to get in it. And uh, now, is it nice? Yes. Is it nice to have the team room? Yes. You know, is it nice to have a facility, a uh, locker room, um, everything that, that, that USC uh, provides here? Absolutely. It's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's the best in the country, right? But sometimes having the best in the country in regards to just items doesn't allow you to maximize your potential because what to me matters is what's inside, what's inside of you, not what's inside of your facility. And uh, so there's a lot of things that we have to use to get to that point. Uh, but when you talk about recovery, when you talk about the nutrition, when you talk about the things that will allow a kid to uh, be able to respond faster after practices and things like that, yeah, that's, that's, that's you know, you, you don't get that at those levels. Uh, I think it's important to work out with the guys. Now, you're not going to see me out there with cleats. Uh, you're not going to see me out there doing anything just to draw attention to what I've done. Uh, but I do think it's – uh, I always say all the time, and I was just telling Coach Elliot, Elliot this morning, uh, we were talking because I think Coach Elliot and I hit it off really. I think we're kind of from the same mold a little bit. Now, he's, he got a little bit more anger in there a little bit than I do. Uh, I think I've learned to control mine just a little bit. But we, we were talking about that 
just a little bit ago. But w- when I was talking to Coach Elliott, you know, it's hard to ask your players to do something that you haven't done. And I'm really, really big on that. Rather, it's uh, like last night we went to Grit, you know, running with the guys from station to station, right? You're creating a relationship where you're not making yourself bigger than the team. You're not making yourself bigger than the player. Just because you're you're the coach and now – or I'm the coach and you're the player doesn't mean that my role is bigger than yours. My role is just to help you. Like we all need to be on the same page, right? And uh, But I do think that there's some camaraderie that can be made uh, between the two of you when uh, you are doing something with them. And I think it creates dialogue. I think it creates, uh, again, just a, a stronger relationship and, and, uh, and respect. And uh, so as long as I am allowed to do that per the NCAA and Coach Beamer, uh, I'll do that as much as I can to stay involved in our kids, uh, to continue to show them that I am here for them and that I'm not going to ask them to do something that I haven't done or that I wouldn't do. All right, there you go, Mike Furry, new receivers coach at South Carolina. He's going to do, he's going to do great in that position. A couple of other comments here. Edward writes: uh, Phil talks to Clemson coaches differently than he does South Carolina. I do use fewer syllables when I talk to Clemson coaches. If you've been around Danny Ford, you you learn to do that. Clark says I sort of like pot stirrers. Sometimes they are key to good chicken stew and barbecue hash. NASCAR coming up after the break. You're listening to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. We're back in a moment. Last year was a big year for Founders Federal Credit Union and our amazing members. A total of $30 million was given back to qualifying members in the form of loyalty bonus dividends, proving once again that it pays to be a Founders member. Founders is also committed to pouring time and resources into the local communities we serve. If you aren't a member yet, what are you waiting for? Join Founders today. Visit foundersfcu.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership qualification required. Hi, this is Lisa Hostetler-Brown. If you or a loved one are over 65 and haven't completed a long-term care planning consultation, now is the time. Did you know that if you aren't able to afford the high cost of skilled care, your assets can be rapidly depleted to only $2,000 unless you plan five years in advance? Visit LawyerLisa.com to see how we can help. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. George Bryant for Tsunami Bar Sports, our inventor, David Abernathy, has always said Tsunami Bar technology allows us to take the training to the grass. Now I know through my sport of golf that natural agility can be converted to athletic ability. And why is this, Tsunami Robbie? Transferring the training to the grass. This may be the most undervalued characteristic of the Tsunami Flexible Bar technology. The Tsunami Bar action loads and unloads at the concentric and eccentric transition points. This is what we call reversal forces. And the Tsunami Bar is the only bar and training device that I know of that can train these reversal forces adequately at speed. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device, whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code BBB5. Don't wait. Order today.
All right, time to go racing, 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 racing. And what a great race last weekend. We welcome in Jeff Owens in the fast lane here on Sports Talk. Man, if I got to believe you were up and screaming and 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 jumping and, and pounding your feet at the end of that one. That's as exciting, you know, as the one they had at Darlington many years ago. But this was three by three they were going. Yeah, yeah, it was hard to sit still during that one, Phil. It was I mean, wow, that that's as good a, what, good a finish as I have ever seen. Uh, I've seen them cross the line side-by-side side like that before in a photo finish. We've seen that several times. I don't know that I've ever seen three like that, especially that tight. Uh, and I even thought Blaney had won the race. I mean, you couldn't even – that's how close it was. Mm-hmm. It looked like to me that he had won, and then they showed the second camera angle, and you saw that Suarez just barely clipped him there. But – yeah, that'll go down as one of the all-time greats, no question about it, right up there with the one at Darlington uh, a few years ago. But, uh, yeah, that was thrilling, no question. Yeah, popular win with Suarez. Now, now, you know, if that had been Talladega, Daytona, they probably would have wrecked before they got to the finish line. Um, what's the difference, say, in Atlanta, or am I just making that up? Is there a difference in that situation, the way the cars handle in Atlanta compared to the other two tracks? Well, you would think it would be easier to do that at Talladega because you got so much more room. Uh, I mean, you can race three wide there pretty easily, but it's, it's much tougher to do at Atlanta because it's more narrow. Um, and you know, those restrictor plates have really tightened things up. So, But we saw it, you know, the last 80 laps were just unbelievable uh, how much they were mixing it up. And we saw them going four wide. Uh, and, and that was crazy. You know, I, w- I would not have thought they could do that at Atlanta, but they did. And, um, you know, I don't know. It was just uh, a thrilling race. I, I don't think anybody expected them to mix it up like that there. Hmm. And I don't think anybody could have expected that kind of finish. Looked like they had a big crowd, too. I, I couldn't tell for sure, but it they looked packed in on the main grandstand. Did you get a good look? Yeah, I thought so, too. I mean, you couldn't couldn't tell for sure but from what i heard they had a really nice crowd uh you know the crowd's been better since they put the restrictor plates on them no question and uh they found some magic in that track and that combination and uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see that start start to be a little bit of a trend at some of these more other you know mile and a half tracks yeah you think restrictor plates on more mile and a half tracks to keep them all bunched together instead of one guy getting out in front and winning by two or three seconds yeah, yeah, I mean, it certainly worked at Atlanta. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, maybe you can't do it to everyone. I, it it kind of depends on the configuration of the track. You could certainly do it at Michigan with no problem. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the next move they'll probably make is to do that. Uh, and, and you might could do it at Vegas and Homestead. Uh, Texas might be a little bit too narrow. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I think it'd be – you'd have to look at it track by track, but certainly – that's been a winning formula, formula at Atlanta, so I don't know why you uh, you wouldn't look at it at the other tracks, too. Before we talk about Vegas, the news that Dale Jr. will be switching from NBC to the streaming side of things. What do you, what do you make of that? What does that mean? Well, I, you know, I think that's uh, – I'm sure NASCAR and the networks were behind that a great deal – you know, that gives the, the streaming services, Amazon, and I don't remember which what the other one is off the top, top of my head, but 
that gives them a name. Um, that gives them the biggest name in the sport, really, to anchor those broadcasts. And hopefully, I think NASCAR and, and the streaming services both are hoping that helps pull fans in because that's probably going to be a challenge for them. We've seen other sports try it. Some some it's worked, some it hadn't really caught on yet, but that'll be a big test for NASCAR to see if they can get their fan base to go, to go watch these races on streaming when in many cases, for most of them, they're going to have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. That's a big test for them. Um, I was surprised by that move because, you know, he's he's a big name at NBC. Um, but one, I kind of like it in a way. Because I, I like both Jeff Burton and Dale Jr., but, but together it's like they're almost all, all over each other sometimes. So from a booth standpoint, I think that's a pretty good move to mix those two guys up. And like I said, I think this is a this is throwing a big bone to those streaming services. Yeah, I have a hard time differentiating between the two when they're talking. So um, yeah, I do too, and I think a lot of fans do. We got about forty five seconds. What do you look for at Las Vegas? Well, we get back to real racing, as they say, after a, a couple of wild weeks at Daytona and Atlanta, and you know. I think you probably got to look look at the Hendrick cars. Uh, they were the strongest at that track the last couple of years. Larson and William Byron both winning races. Uh, but this will be an interesting race because we'll find out now what the Toyotas and the Fords really have. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell at the restricted place, but now we'll get a good look at that. So uh, it's going to be an interesting race, no question. I think those Hendrick cars are probably the ones to beat. All right, my friend, you have yourself a great weekend. We'll see how things play out in Vegas. Get back with you next week. Thank you very much. All right, Phil. Have a good one. You too, buddy. As always, Jeff Owens in the fast lane with us here on Sports Talk, sharing his insights on NASCAR. I think it's been a good start, good start to the season thus far for NASCAR. See if they can keep it going this weekend in Vegas. After the break, Smitty will update us from Florence, and then George will join us. Golf Talk, Birdies, Bogies, Biceps coming up. Be right back. Okay, George Bryan coming up in just a moment. Smitty in just a second. I just got to read you this comment. (laughs) Trevor ETN on transferring from Florida to Georgia, (laughs) he said, quote, I can stay RB2 on a losing team or go somewhere and possibly be RB1 and win a natty, end quote. Kazing. Add a little something to the the big party in Jacksonville in a few months. Okay, uh, George in a second. Uh, Smitty, down at the high school championships, Florence Center. Update us, if you would, sir, please. Thank you. Absolutely. And you can follow along at Sports Talk SC. We'll be here all weekend for all of the games. But quickly, Andrew Jackson won the girls' 2A state championship earlier today, 78-60 over Landrum. And then in the 2A state championship, it was Gray Collegiate 44, Ocean Collegiate 40. Big comeback there as the War Eagles were down 16-3. to But ended up coming all the way back behind Braylon Thomas. He led all scores with 16 points, had two clutch free throws. All of this, that game story posted to sportstalksc.com. And right now, Sumter is wrapping up the 5A Girls State Championship. 
They're rolling to a victory over Rock Hill. Sumter just too much tonight, and then we're moments away from the big showdown in 5A boys. It is Lexington mm. and Yannick Smith taking on Burns and Will Fowler. Great athletes all over the floor, and uh, obviously two, two programs with addition behind them. And uh, Lexington, the top-ranked team in the state, Burns will try to pull the upset. And Cam Scott at Lexington, don't forget, pretty big name uh, as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, he is. He, he absolutely is a big name. And uh, Lexington, and of course, they're coming off an emotional victory over Somerville, kind of a one-versus-two matchup there. Burns and Malden, they were exhausted. They came all the way from the upstate to play in Florence. I, I guess Burns bust back and, mm-hmm. and, and turned around and, and came back. I don't know if they stayed overnight and have been using this gym for practice or where they've been. But uh, they made this long trip a little bit a little bit closer for Lexington. But I'm excited to see those great athletes, like you said, Cam Scott, Yannick Smith, Will Fowler, whose, whose dad Lane Fowler was a was a dead eye shooter, and I know Will he passed that on to Will. So I'm excited about seeing the athletes and the skills in the 5A Boys State Championship here in a few minutes. Okay, buddy, thanks very much. Have a great uh, time there, and uh, tonight and tomorrow we'll talk to you over the weekend. And remember to follow Smitty. SportstalkSC.com and on X at SportstalkSC. Thanks very much, Smitty. Appreciate it. All right. Enjoy your golf segment. I know you love it, Thorne. Thank you. We're on the tee. Started to hook just a wee wee bit, and that's when my caddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has never been found to this day. Well, as much as I know, our man George Bryan the Third loves to get out there and tee it up in some form or fashion every day. Not even GB three could have been outside playing golf on this day in South Carolina. Let's find out the truth to that statement as we welcome George Bryan III into Sports Talk, another edition of Birdies, Bogies, and Biceps, brought to you by Tsunami Bar Sports and Fitness. Good evening, sir. Oh, good evening. And Oh, you're right. Great day for indoor golf. And, and uh, I tell you what, at least you can. And there's some great technology with the Sims, my son, son-in-law William Rainey is in town and and <laughs> Phil it's funny uh just not even two years ago I was trying to get Wesley interested in getting an indoor simulator so he could he, he got room enough in his garage and oh he was not in favor and now hmm. we've had the kind of winter and weather that's driving a lot of people indoors and you can and that sim golf can be fun so Rain or shine. Well, installed a simulator in Wesley's garage today, so I, I think it's hilarious. That's fantastic. <laughs> and you know, George, in today's world where there's gambling on everything, I got to believe you know folks get together with the simulators. They got a little something riding on this swing, that swing, this hole, that hole. Add a little something extra to it. Oh, and you know, it's it's close quarters. It's a little bit uh, different than outdoor golf in that you know the uh, the culture, the atmosphere is close. In golf, one hole, you can be five, six acres, folks all over the place. But in sim golf, it's tight, and 
you know, there's uh, there's definitely some sparring going on. You can feel the energy, and and there is a, the chance to express the competitive spirit. And yes, you're right. There there are marbles exchanged. <laughs> well, and and there is. Keep on going. Now, I was going to just say, didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just going to say that I had a chance to see uh, Wesley at Harbortown on uh, Monday. We had the, the media sponsor uh, golf outing. Uh, that was a uh, fantastic event, the way they did it this time around. They let us play our own ball. There was not captain's choice or anything like that. Everybody played their own ball. We had a caddy, a four caddy with us, which was awesome. And then... They had stationed at one hole three top junior golfers from Hilton Head Prep. Uh, one, a young lady, is going to Notre Dame. The other, a young man, is going to Maryland. And the third is too young to be going anywhere except to high school yet, but he obviously has a, a future. And then um, we had Wesley parked at number 17, and he was hitting shots to the par 317 to see what if we could beat him. You know, which I think on our particular run through there, he wasn't real pleased with his shot. And uh, he kind of had a little extracurricular action there with his golf club after that particular swing, if you know what I mean. So you're telling me, are you telling me he didn't hold his follow through? <laughs> well, let's just say that his his club action ended up with, uh, you know, to the left, you know, instead of straight up in the air the club ended up a few yards to the left after he after he took his shot but you know by the time we got there we were one of the last groups through i'm sure he was pretty tired and pretty bored with the whole deal well he didn't he i don't know i don't think that was it i think you experienced wesley getting beat up pretty good by a golf hole Mm -hmm. and i did talk to him about it and he said dad it was the worst win, the yeah. worst shot, the hardest flag placement, and I was awful. What can I say? And I was awful for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, and it did not, it did not get any better. It was, it was uh, great to see him. You know, just for that brief little moment there, it was great to see him, and uh, we had a good time going through there. And I tell you, the those junior golfers, uh, I can't think of their names. I don't know if you know them from Hilton Head Christian, one's going to Maryland, the female's going to Notre Dame. Um, she won, the young lady, she won the uh, the Heritage Junior, I guess it is, the, the Heritage Junior event. She she's, was a winner of that. Uh, and just beautiful swings. Both of these, all three of these kids, man, they just had the most perfect, fluid, smooth swings you could ever dream for. Well, I tell you, we that for a long, long time, and we started talking about it late, early '90s for sure. Uh, South Carolina has has been a seedbed for the greatest uh, male and female golfers in the world, and it's kind of fun. We look on the leaderboard this week on the PGA Tour side, and there you have it again. We have it's not necessarily uh, I can't say. Uh, oh my gosh. Drawing a blank, a guy. Um, well, you got out for Walford and Andrew. Uh, Andrew Novak. Novak. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily a South Carolina uh, junior SCG. Yeah, well, I, Walford, a Walford grad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's right there again, and I think Carson Young's playing well, right in the top ten. 
Uh, and incidentally, that uh, I don't know if Carson ended up staying in the top ten, but uh, let me give you the leaderboard the while you're talking about it. I'll give you the leaderboard. Here's here's what we've got as far as the top of the leaderboard. It's Bud Cauley, uh, 65. He's 11 under. Austin Eckroat, a 67, 10 under. Garrick, uh, help me with the name. Higo, Higo, Garrick Higo, 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 a lefty. All right, a lefty. 65. He's 10 under. Kevin Yu, 67. He's nine under. Victor Perez, a 66, nine under. That's very top. And then you've got Novak, 65-69. He's been playing some great golf. Uh, in in January, February, and now starting March, eight under, and Rory McIlroy, pair of sixty sevens, he's eight under. Uh, Ricky Fowler, sixty seven today, he's four under. Lucas Glover, seventy one, minus three. Carson Young, seventy one, minus three. Ben Martin, seventy one, minus one. Matt Neesmith, sixty seven, seventy five, he's even. Kevin Kisner's in this one, not playing well. Well, he played better today, seventy seven and a seventy. Puts him at plus five, and the cut is going to be at minus two. Speaking of, so we have Steve Wilmot on with us Monday night talking about the upcoming RBC Heritage presented by Boeing. And I don't know how familiar you are with everything going on. You know, it's one of those select events that the uh, the PGA now has where they raise the, the bounty. They've got $20 million purse. They cut the field. Last year they had 150. This year they're going to have about like 80. It's going to be a small field. They will tee off regularly. They won't have double tees to start the tournament, which would be kind of cool. Everybody will start on number one, and they'll go from there. And and no cut. So um, what do you make of what they're, they're doing at the RBC Heritage and the fact that the PGA thinks so much of it? They've made it one of those signature events. You know, I, uh, they're mixing it up. And I definitely applaud the idea of making a change. It, it One of the things about no cut, uh, it breaks away from tradition that the live tour obviously is a no cut tour and uh, everybody has uh, their ideas. I, I, one of those old school, if it works really good, keep it going the same way. And I thought Harbortown was just one of the, the way it was run, the more the merrier. So I like big fields. I like the cut idea. Now, go talk to those guys in the top 80 in the world that play in the event. <laughs> they love no cut. Yeah. Uh, go talk to the ones that are outside that bubble, see what they think about it. And I thought the game of golf was predicated on perform first and get paid later, but that's about to change. And I guess my mentality, my attitude's got to change right along with it. Uh, we can insulate and hold on to our uh, tradition inside, but I guess we have to accept how cool things can be. And all I want to know is I just want to be able to pronounce the names on the leaderboard and at least have some background of who they are. Mm-hmm. And just look at the last few weeks. And, I mean, I hadn't even, to be honest, I've tried to watch it and I just hadn't been able to. So I've got to learn, i got to relearn how to do that. And that's kind of sad. Well, there's a lot of a lot of new names, no question about it. A lot of new names. Let's um let's check in on some college golf. We've got one tournament ongoing involving a state team right now, and that is the Gators Invitational at the University of Florida. Speaking of Gators, 
man, as I was going along through the course there at Harbortown, over near a couple of those ponds, oh, yeah, there were gators sleeping right there on the edge. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm I'm 20 yards away, and I got the chills. I'm like, you know, how fast can that thing wake up and run over here and, and eat me, you know? Uh, that was pr- pretty cool. The other thing that was cool that we did that they had set up was on 18, and they put down some artificial – turf there so we could all hit off of it and we were 182 yards out you know where i'm going with this 82 yards 182 and they wanted to reenact the shot by last year's winner on the third playoff hole and he hit it to within like 22 inches or something he hit it really tight from 182 and you know they wanted they gave us a chance to see how close we could come of course i I put a tee in the in the in the dirt and tried to hit driver off of it. No, I'm kidding. I should have, but um, that's pretty challenging. He was tra- he was straight downwind and hit a nine iron, I think. So yeah, something like that. That's a little different. I'm guessing y'all were not straight downwind. Um, there wasn't very much wind at all, to be quite honest with you. This particular afternoon, it was calm, at least on 18. I know what you're talking about with. Uh, with with Wesley on 17 playing into the sound, I don't think we had that much. Of course, what do we know? What, yeah, wind, uh, how can you affect my shot with wind, you know? It's hard to get wind oh, that low right. to the ground. Yeah. Wind doesn't blow that low to the ground. So, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really. All right, we got the Gators Invitational, and uh, they've had darkness suspend the first round. So, Right now, Arizona is your leader at nine under. They're through uh, holes. Uh, they're on eleven through thirteen, and Clemson is second at plus three, uh, eleven through thirteen. They've played, and uh, Florida is next at plus six. So uh, the Clemson team off to a to a pretty good start out there. Let's see who's got their best score so far. Their best score looks like a um, looks like a a minus minus three by Chloe Holder at this point. Looks like she's three under. She's got the best score so far. So Clemson women are playing. The Clemson men begin a tournament on Monday, and South Carolina men and women, they're off for spring break. So Clemson women and men will be in action here the next few days. But Clemson women in good shape here after the – or in this first round. Hey, I'm glad you bring up the topic of uh, women's college golf. I've been – trying to re-educate myself and had the privilege yesterday. Uh, Pauline Rusin Bruchard mm. has recently just moved back to South Carolina, specifically Columbia, and uh, watched her play yesterday at Selena Golf Club. And, Phil, I got to tell you, uh, I'm watching this swing, this silhouette, and I, she's playing with uh, – Corn Ferry, two Corn Ferry Tour players and two PGA Tour players. And, I mean, it is – I can't tell the difference. There are five of them playing together, and I can't tell the difference. Oh. And who's who? She absolutely annihilates that golf ball. And she just finished second last week in Morocco on the European Women's Tour. Uh, really cool. I didn't have a chance to – talk and catch up in detail but 
it will be fun as we move deeper into the spring golf season. We know we got got golf teams in the state to keep up with, and and uh, call her Poe. She, Pauline is what it's easier. Uh, you say that say her name three times in a row. Beautiful name, French yeah. name, Pauline Ruthen Bruchard, and uh, she's on one of those teams that were ranked number one and and did not get it done back uh, a couple years ago and I'm I'm optimistic that those Lady Gamecocks will be in position to get it done this spring so it'll be fun to fun to keep up with and uh, I do think that as we move in a different era of professional golf at least what I've watched with the telecast the college golf is getting better they're mm-hmm. making some strides in how they cover college golf on TV which mm-hmm. What a what a blessing and a fresh uh, surprise! I hadn't watched much college golf the last few years, but the last few months I've checked in there. It looks good, and then we got a couple of ladies tours. And I did understand the Live Tour was was actually uh, making a bid to maybe start women's golf, but Pauline at least yesterday said that was in neutral, and she didn't know anything much about it other than. She didn't think it would happen in the near future. Hmm. Uh, not sure if that's good or bad, but I, I, I'll tell you right now, with all that was going on, there seemed to be some news with a new player uh, has resurfaced after years, Anthony Kim. Uh, you know, he's, he went to the live, live tour and not sure how he fared this week. Can't imagine him playing very well. He's been out for so long. But uh, now we have all kind of – I think it's it's spread out. There's more variety. Uh, definitely, network network TV and radio has a brand new frontier to surf and try to dominate. And I tell you right now, our major networks need it. They need to do something different, and they need to do it quick mm. because it's tough for me to watch. I'm tough. All right, now, but you, it does. You you mentioned the live, so <clears throat> you guilted me into uh, looking up their leaderboard. They've got an event. And this is a very common golf event. The King Abdullah Economic City is the name of the event. (laughs) (laughs) The King Abdullah Economic City. I mean, that's the name of it. Um, So, and they have a funky, you know, a funky scoreboard here because they got teams and they got all this kind of stuff. Uh, Let's see. Let's look at the players. So, individually, the uh, leader at eight under, where well, we got two leaders, uh, Adrian Moronk is eight under, and John Rahm is at eight under. And then you've got Carl Schwartzel and Bryson DeChambeau and Joaquin Neiman. Boy, it hurts me to say these names over here. We should be talking about them over there. I'm sorry. Anyway, they're seven under. Louis Oosthuizen is six under. I mean, I know more of these names than I know over there. Timothy Hatton is five under. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mickelson is five under. Dustin Johnson is four under. Garcia is three under. Um, Kamer, Kimer is one under. Kepka, Kepka's playing. He's one under. So, anyway, there you go. That's that. Oh, Kim, you mentioned Kim. Uh, yeah, he's last at uh, six over. But, George, there's so many more familiar names over here, pretty much. Well, not sure how 
uh, TV is, I'm not sure if they'll end up on TV, but the new platforms coming out, we talked about the social media, uh, YouTube, not sure what live is going to end up, where they'll land, but there are some, my guess is they have a plan. And uh, my guess also is it'll be very entertaining. And right this minute, I'm a traditionalist. I still love to turn the TV on. I know I've seen, been to the Honda course down at, uh, oh, goodness, in uh, Jupiter. And so I've, I've been there, seen it, and then I can watch it on TV. That, the, the, the visual is great there. Well, if you and, if you want to watch the round second round of this, um, is the name of the tournament Watch, watch Jadot? Jedi, J E D D A H. Watch Jedi. Anyway, uh, they tee off at eleven fifteen local time or three fifteen Eastern time in the morning. Three fifteen this morning. <laughs> three fifteen this morning on the CW or Live Golf Plus or YouTube. That's where you can find them. The CW, Live Golf Plus or YouTube. My guess is uh, I won't be really waking up to watch any of that just yet, but. It could be on the on the horizon to maybe record it and watch it later. Mm-hmm. I, I am uh, for somebody like Rom to go to it and all the other names you mentioned. Uh, things are building. I'm not sure. It'll be fun to see how it unfolds. But there's a lot of variety, a lot of ways to keep up with it. All the technology, and then hey, it, here's what I still like: you can watch it and get bored with it. Hey, now go tee it up yourself. Go find you a golf course. There's plenty of golf courses all around South Carolina, and just go play yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, most of them are underwater. Most of them are underwater today. Now, how's your new course? we got about 40 seconds. So your new course that you guys are building, how does it drain? How does it hold up under a day like today, a, del- a deluge like today? Hey, not only is Selena Golf Club, or it'll, it's holding up great, uh, great drainage. Uh, it'll be ready to go when, when the rain stops. Uh, not good, but great. And then the scramble course right there on 720 Chris Drive where that game's getting – it's heating up there. Uh, Mike Ramsey has figured out how to make sure that one drains good. We'll have some programming to announce there. And and uh, not just fitness, but fun fitness. We also have sim simulators that we offer. And more on that later. Okay. Hey, once again on a Friday night, hey, good – have yourself a great weekend. It's been a privilege and a pleasure. Tee them high, but shoot them low, Phil. Thank you. GB3, birdies, bogeys, biceps with us here on Sports Talk. Follow us all weekend long. We'll be at the basketball game at USC tomorrow. Of course, the baseball games over the weekend. We'll have the Clemson basketball game, the USC women's basketball game covered for you as well. Thanks to Smitty. Thank you, Josh Cohen. Yep. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you Monday night. WQXL Columbia W264DF. From the BART Fireside Studio, the solution for keeping you warm this winter. This is 107 The Point.